0: And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 243.
1: All right, jumping in. The first one. A big cuddly hello from Australia to my two favorite creepy ladies. My name is Nikki, and this is my story. It may not be long or scary, but it's something. Trigger warning for a miscarriage. Way back when, my now husband and I were only engaged. We found out we were expecting our first baby. We were so excited but nervous. It hadn't been planned to be so soon, but we were overjoyed anyways. We went to all the checkups and everything seemed fine until it wasn't. At 16 weeks along, I noticed some bleeding. So while my fiancé was at work, I went to see the doctor who referred me to get an ultrasound. I called my fiancé and he left work early to be there. I was trying so hard to be calm and kept telling myself everything was going to be okay and it was nothing while squeezing my fiance's hand. But as the lady moved the ultrasound wand around, a heavy silence came over the room. She quietly told us that she was so, so sorry, but she couldn't find a heartbeat. We were devastated. My fiance isn't the type of man to show emotions, so he just held me while I cried so hard it physically hurt while he pitted himself against his own grief. We were further referred to the hospital where we were informed that Bubba had stopped growing just after 12 weeks, but my body wasn't ready to let go. Two days later, I was booked for a DNC. We grieved for so long. Sometimes I still feel like I'm grieving. Time has passed on, and now we have three amazing daughters, ages five, seven, and three. When our oldest was around three, I began to feel a little presence around us. Not all the time, though. Occasionally, I'd catch what looked like a small kid from the corner of my eye, but all my kids were in the other room or sleeping. I didn't mention it to my husband, but I kept on the lookout. Slowly this presence became more frequent to where I just knew in my heart it was our first baby, our lost little one. We moved houses and they came with us. Lately though, I've been feeling tiny hands touch me, and when I turn around, there's nothing there. I smile and whispered, love you little one. I hear a tiny voice say, Mummy, when my kids aren't around and just know. I guess it's just that strong mama bond. Well, that's it for now. Thank you, ladies, for giving us a community to speak into and for listening to our stories. So much love, Nikki. Oh my God, I'm so, so
0: sorry for y'all's loss. I can't even imagine. But I think that's very sweet that you can still feel his presence. But
1: I mean, if it's following you house to house, it's clearly attached to y'all and not the house. Yeah. Well, keep us updated if anything
0: else happens. Right. And thank you so much for sharing your story. Y'all, this episode is sponsored by Care Of. Y'all know that Care Of is a subscription service that ships high quality personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. And if you didn't know that, we just told you. Care of is a subscription service that Carrie and I both use.
1: And as we approach the end of the year and it's time to start talking about all your goals for the new year, you know, some people, their goal is to be the healthiest version of themselves. And Care Of is there to help you achieve that. So what is Care Of and how do you get going? So, like Donna said, it's a subscription based service that ships all these awesome vitamins, supplements, etc. to you. But how do you get it? All you do is you get started by taking a short, simple online quiz about your lifestyle, your health goals, things that have to do with you. And then Care Of will give you a doctor-backed recommendation, and it's that freaking easy. No more going to the drugstore, going to the grocery store, wherever you get your vitamins and going, oh my gosh, there's so many A to Z, I don't know what to take. Well, Care Of is going to take the guesswork out
0: of the vitamins and supplements for you. And the best part about it, too, is that Care-of makes taking your vitamins on the go so convenient. You know, they have individual daily packets and they're perfect if you have a busy routine because that's a roadblock for some people. Oh, I can't. I don't have time. Well, guess what? Care-of comes in these individual packets so you can put them in your purse, gym bag, lunch bag, whatever you have, just throw it in there. And when you do have time, take it. Care of wants to
1: celebrate you with a personalized experience that will help you feel like your viewest. Literally, even down to your name on the little packets. Care of pays attention to every detail. And if they're paying attention to details like that, you know that you are getting a good, high-quality product.
0: And just to reiterate what Carrie said, it's all about taking that short quiz so it's all tailored to your need. And that means that it can change with your needs too like so over the year if you are trying to do anything else you know like any any life changes coming your way you can take that quiz and it's going to reevaluate what you
1: need and get you that doctor back recommendation program that like we said makes you you so to get in on this action you've got to go to takecareof.com and enter code creek50 to get 50% off your first care of
0: order 50 percent. That is a good discount any way you slice it. But they're slicing it in half. That's right. So again, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code CREEP50 to get 50 percent off your first care of order. Make you your priority as we go through this
1: holiday season and head on over to TakeCareOf.com slash CREEP50 to get 50 percent off your first care of order.
0: Okay, the next one. Hey, ladies. So I've tried to send this story in twice before, but it's not in my sent folders. And I'm sorry if it somehow it came through. So just ignore this email. Well, I looked and I could not find this email. So we're going to go through it again. I wanted to share about the three scariest sleep paralysis episodes I've had. I've had sleep paralysis episodes besides these. But nothing really happened except that I was awake and couldn't move or speak for a few seconds, and then I'd break out of it and go straight back to sleep. Story number one. This is actually my earliest sleep paralysis memory. I was about five or six years old. It started with a nightmare about a doll who terrified me as a kid, Chucky. I remember dreaming that he told all of my stuffed animals to kidnap me and take me to him. Once they brought me down to him, he pinned me down and started laughing in my face. When I woke up, my eyes were open, I couldn't move, and it looked like the shadow of a small child with glowing red eyes was at my feet, smiling at me. I squeezed my eyes tight and just kept fighting to move. Finally, I broke free, and just as I did, I was able to let out a scream, and the laughing stopped. My dad ran into the room and I cried and I told him Chucky tried to get me. He told me it was only a nightmare and I was safe. However, I insisted on sleeping with him that night. Story two. I don't really remember exactly how old, but I know I was in my early 20s because I was still living with my dad and in college. Before this happened, I had several weeks where I would wake up at 3.30 almost every single night. One night, I woke up on my back and felt like I couldn't move, and there was a heavy pressure on my chest and entire body. Now, to give some sort of visual setup, my room was never fully dark because there was always a street light that would show into the right side of my room, except the very right corner, which just missed the light and was always dark. Anyways, so when I wake up, I'm automatically freaking out because I feel this heaviness on my chest and entire body, and I can't move. I felt like something was to the right of me, but I couldn't move my head to look. However, on the left side of my room was my dresser and my mirror. So I looked to the left and I saw a tall, dark figure standing in the right corner of my room. I kept staring, waiting for it to move while I was also struggling for the life of me to move myself. As I'm struggling, the pressure on my chest gets heavier where I feel like I can hardly breathe. The shadow figure moves forward, just barely into the light, but it's still just a black mass. It looked like a tall, slim man, but so dark he didn't have facial features, except a sinister smile with all-white teeth reflecting on the mirror. My heart was hammering, and I finally gasped in a huge gulp of air, sat up, and yelled for it to get away from me. I quickly turned to my right and no longer saw it there. I rushed to turn on my light. After a few minutes of standing by the door and collecting myself, I walked back to my bed and grabbed my phone from the nightstand to check the time. It was a few minutes past 3.30 a.m. I turned my lamp on my nightstand and turned off the bedroom light and eventually went back to sleep. Story number three. Lastly, this one happened maybe a year or so ago. My boyfriend and I had just gotten a large L-shaped couch for free from his sister and brother in law, and we moved it into our small apartment. Honestly, it was way too big for the space, but our other couch was literally falling apart, and this one was in good condition and super comfy. We both fell asleep on it that night with me laying on the shorter end and him on the longer end, and our heads meeting at the corner. So I typically fall asleep on my side or my stomach, and this night was no different. When I woke up, I was on my stomach face down in the corner where the couches make the L-shape looking at the floor. I hope that wasn't confusing. One arm was flat by my side and the other reached up to where I was holding my boyfriend's arm. Apparently, I'm a cuddle bug in my sleep because anyone who's ever shared a bed with me tells me I try to cuddle them. I'm lucky that my boyfriend doesn't mind. Anyways, so I wake up, I can't move, speak, anything. You know the drill. And it's fully dark in our house, but my eyes quickly adjust and I can see movement on the floor, just barely in my line of vision. It was moving in a slow, fluid motion in sort of an S-type way, just staying in my peripheral vision. I still can move to see. Honestly, I was mainly afraid there was a spider or something because I'm deathly afraid of spiders. I tried to shake or squeeze my boyfriend's arm, but I could only move my fingers and not very much or with a lot of strength. It got closer to me, and I heard a hiss. That's right, the very distinct hiss of a snake. And then I realized that what I was seeing moving across the floor was a motherfucking snake, and my forehead was probably about to get bit or something. After what felt like an eternity of trying to move, scream, or do anything at all, I finally broke out of the paralysis and tried to push myself up off the couch, but my arm that was by my side was asleep so I immediately fell off the couch and towards the floor where the demon snake was waiting for me. However, I managed to somehow recover and roll on my back. I grabbed my phone and used a flashlight to check around and see if there was actually a snake on the floor, but I didn't see anything, and I even very carefully and hesitantly looked under the couch, but it was clear. I decided it was just another sleep paralysis episode, turned on the TV, and watched it until I fell asleep. Like I said before, I've had a few other paralysis experiences, but they never resulted in anything or feeling anything unnatural. Also, the times I've felt these experiences, it always feels like it takes forever to break out of it, and the other times it only feels like two seconds. I wonder what makes it different. If it's just circumstantial, maybe I'm more asleep than awake these times so my mind can play better tricks and it takes longer to fully wake up, or if it's actually something more sinister. All I know is I don't like it, and I don't want another experience. Sleep paralysis scares the fuck out of me. Yes, I don't want it, I don't want it, I don't want it. I literally won't know part of it. Like, that just helpless, you can't, co- like, you
1: can't, no,
0: uh-uh. No, and again, I always thought it was, like, for back sleepers, but you said you slept on your stomach this last time, so I don't like that. Also, I know snakes can be pets and friends and all of that, but if a snake is not supposed to be in your house and it's slithering up to you, that's not that's not cool.
1: Yeah, that's, that's scary. Well, I mean, literally anything can be a pet and still be scary to somebody else because yeah. mean, some people hate are afraid of dogs or cats or whatever. And people have those, you know, it's just that more people are scared of snakes. So I feel like snake owners tend to be a little more like, protective of don't be scared of them, you know? Yeah. Probably the same as people who own, like, pit bulls and stuff, too. Yeah. Okay, the next one. Ghost child. Hello, girls. This might be a little long. This is my brother's story, but he said I could tell it. So it takes place in the house my uncle and my aunt used to rent. We were staying at my uncle's house for the weekend, and my brother and his girlfriend took the big laundry room that fit a couch bed and TV. So one of the nights after watching a movie and not finishing the popcorn, they got ready for bed and turned the lights off when they felt a popcorn being thrown to the bed, which at first they thought they were imagining stuff, but it happened a second time. They turned the light on and Carla, not her real name, saw a little boy run to hide under the bed. Side note, my uncle has three girls and no boys. They could see his feet sticking out. They were frozen in fear and didn't move. They turned the TV on and stayed awake until the next morning when they left. Second story about the same house, same boy. So my aunt and uncle were doing the, quote, dirty in the middle of the night when she saw a boy peeking at them through the door and smiling. But the most scary part is that he had horns. So the next day she contacted the owner and had her come over and talk about the house and what had been happening to which she confirms that her son passed away in the house and he likes to play just like any other little boy. My uncle and aunt moved soon after and the boy didn't follow them. I guess he liked his house. Third one, not the same boy, but another boy. One time when my husband used to live with my in-laws, they were having a family reunion. My mother-in-law noticed that every time her friend's daughter went to the bathroom under the stairs, she kept looking up and rushing to get out. But she thought it was just that till the next day when her friend called her and told her that she needed to tell her something, but not to get scared. She tells her that her daughter says there's a boy in your house. He's not evil. He likes to have you guys around because he likes the way the house looks and the family you guys are. And there's nothing you need to do, to which my mother-in-law took as get the fuck out of there as soon as you can. The next day, her friend calls her again and tells her that the boy came to visit her daughter at her house. He was angry with her for telling my mother-in-law about him and now they wanted to move. They couldn't move as soon as they wanted to because of the lease. But there was another time before when my husband's five-year-old cousin was playing with the living room curtains and she came screaming. She said there was an ugly boy standing by the window. They knew it was him but gave her a toy and pretended like nothing happened. Last one. My husband's friend was sleeping on the couch when a weird feeling woke him up. And when he opened his eyes and looks right at the glass of the TV, standing in front of him, he saw a burned looking boy crawling towards him. He got out of there and called my husband to come out. He never came back to that house and they eventually left and the boy didn't come with him. I think my mother-in-law told him not to come with them, that he needed to stay there or something like that. Well, girls, that's all for now. Sorry for the misspellings. It was a lot of typing on my phone. Till next time, Wendy from Nevada.
0: I don't want a kid. I don't want a ghost kid. No, 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 no. You don't know how I say. It's never a kid. You got to be careful. But I will say, if I was a ghost, I would watch you get it on. (laughs) She would. I would not. (laughs) I would be uncomfortable. (laughs) Like, without a shadow of a doubt, she definitely
1: would.
0: Okay, the next one, medium stories. Hey ladies, I love to see mediums and I had a really great experience about 15 years ago. Since you're asking for stories, I thought maybe you would find this interesting. Sorry in advance, I'm wordy and I like details. I have another story, but it's traumatizing and I'm going to need to write a little at a time. My friend had a friend who was a medium and amazing. In the beginning, she used to do at-home visits So she came to my new townhouse one night. There's a point in me saying that. Many people came through. Some made sense, some didn't. But two things she referenced were incredible and no one could have known them. So when anyone ever doubts mediums, I tell these two stories. The first, I had a friend who passed away young, 21, a brain cancer. A year or so before she passed, she gave me a gift card. And we aren't talking like the kind today. It was a piece of paper, handwritten by the store and filled out by my friend. I kept that gift card and never used it. After I identify who the medium is talking to, let's say L, the medium says you have something from L. I I say, no, I don't. She kept saying that L was referring to something I had. The medium asked if I had a book, if I had a picture, a piece of paper, and I kept saying no. Then she said it's folded, and I'm like, what the fuck, lady? She would tell me something else and then go back to this thing I had. Then she said, it's in a white basket, and I figured it out. On my desk, in a white basket, folded up is the gift card Elle gave me. It's still in the envelope with the dirty joke on the outside of it. She said that it meant so much to her that I kept it all of these years. I still have it to this day. I will never part with it. The second, my grandmom went into the nursing home after the hospital said she couldn't come home anymore and soon after passed away. As this was happening, I was in the middle of buying my first town home. I showed her pictures, but she was very out of it, and I don't even think she opened her eyes. The home had a fireplace, which I just had to have. Maybe a week or two after I move in, I would be in the living room and the smell of smoke from the fireplace filled the living room. Holy shit, I'm running out looking around for a fire but found nothing. This happened about 10 times. My dad even came over one night around 10 p.m. because I was so upset that there was a fire in my house that I couldn't find. He didn't smell anything and was beginning to think I was nuts. Fast forward, the medium is finishing up our reading and putting her stuff away. I stand up and she says, oh, your grandmom says that the smoke smell, that's her. Stop freaking out. My grandmom was a chain smoker until the day she passed. I lived in that house for eight years and multiple times a month, I would smell it. It was comforting to know that she was with me. Other than my dad, I told no one about that because I didn't want anyone to think I was crazy. Same story about Elle. I forgot I even had it. It's at least 25 years old now. Hope you ladies in your audience like my story. All the best, Jen. Okay, let me guess your
1: takeaway from this story, Donna. Okay. It could be one or two things. Okay. One, where was the gift card to? Uh-huh. And how much was it?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you do know me.
1: <laughs> I mean, how much money are we leaving on the table here? Right. Just kidding. No, I, it could be $1,000. I mean, obviously, it was a paper gift card, so it's long been gone, but you get the point. I'm yeah. still
0: would. I would be the same as you. And never get rid of it. For sure. Handwriting is so personal, you know. I had a thing that my mom had wrote. And it was like, broke down. We'll pick up tomorrow or something because her truck was terrible. And we broke down. And so she put it so no one would tow it. And I guess she had like, you know, like folded it back up once we got the car or the truck back. But I had that for a while, and it was just, and it didn't even really look like her. It did look like her handwriting, but, like, she did it, like, over and over so, like, people could see it, you know? Like, we didn't have a marker, so she just, like, had a pencil that she just kept going over it. But, it, yeah, it was just so comforting. But then the pencil rubbed after the time, yeah. you know, and so I just threw it
1: away. Well, and you don't also don't want to, like, go back over it because then it defeats the whole purpose because then it's your writing, not theirs. Yeah. No, I get it. I mean, you are a perjurer, but I do get it. (laughs) Okay, the next one. Howdy, ladies. Finally heard my story. Grumpy grandma. Not gonna lie. I started crying when you read it. Just a blubbering mess. After blowing my snot locker, I realized I gotta work on my storytelling. So here it goes. Picture it. A small living room and to the right, a narrow hallway that leads to the bedrooms. My brother and his family had stayed with us due to mechanical issues with their heating system. My brother and I have always been close in life and constantly giving each other shit or pulling pranks. It was all fun and games until he got taller than me. We would give each other kidney shots, dead arms, stuff like that. Yeah, it sucked when I got older. My brother didn't believe in the paranormal. He believes in Bigfoot and aliens. I'm a hardcore believer. I had experienced several different things after I moved into our house in 2006. My youngest daughter started sleepwalking. She would sit on her rug by her bed and have full conversations and roll a ball back and forth to nobody there. That's just one experience. Now for mine. My job at the time required me to be there by 4 a.m. I was the only one up. I started to walk out of my room and I felt someone standing in the dark beside me. The only thing that was going through my head was, fuck, my brother's gonna kidney shot me. The entire time my butthole clenched shut, I did a horrible side shuffle up the hallway all while trying to guard my kidney. After getting to the end of the hallway, I realized nobody was there. I flipped on the light to verify. Nothing. I brushed it off and finished getting ready. I started to walk out my front door, leaving a small lamp on for light when I hear a small voice saying, Mommy? And I should you not, I felt small cold fingers wrap around my right hand. I turned around expecting to see one of my children. Nobody was there. I ripped out of there as fast as my chubby self could go. I'll send in other stories at a later time. And please, ladies, stay beautiful. Yes, you can use my name, Julie. Man, get a brother, they said. You need <laughs> a fucking kidney transplant.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> I always say Tiffany is a roughhouser because, well, one, she can do anything to you, but you can't do it to her. Like she'll tickle you or do something and but you can't do it to her. But I mean, that doesn't make her a rough house. I'm going, what? Are we talking about the same Tiffany that we know? But she does so many times. There's this guy that basically like her adopted brother. It's her brother's best friend. And they always are just so rough with each other. And like she would tell me stories where they would like just walk by and like frog each other and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God. And one time, I think she's just stronger than she knows because one time she did my arm. She didn't mean to frog me, but damn, her knuckle dug in like right by my muscle or something. It was so fucking sore. And I'm like, why are you so rough? Tiffany? Yes.
1: Y'all, Lumi is back and y'all know how much we love Lumi. I have been using Lumi since way before they became a sponsor on this podcast because, well, Your girl doesn't want to stink. Lumi is deodorant that was created by an OBGYN. And what makes Lumi so different than any other deodorant is it's not just for your underarms. It is pH optimized so that you can use it literally anywhere on your body. Your family
0: jewels, your pits, your rolls, literally everywhere. And let's face it, summer is not the only time we get body odor. We can get just a smelly under our favorite fall sweaters. And look, we're big girls. We have extra nooks and crannies
1: that some people just don't have. So sometimes you feel like you need just a little extra there to make sure that you are at your freshest. And Lumi offers multiple different products to meet your needs. So it could be a solid stick deodorant. It could be a body wash. It could be wipes. If you're feeling like you need a little freshen up in the middle of the day, it could be, well, tons of things. One thing I really like Lumi for that you may not actually think to do, but if you're like me and you are in your shoes all day long and sometimes your feet be kind of rough, you can even use Lumi deodorant on your feet. It's unstoppable of the places that you can use it because it's aluminum-free, baking soda-free, paraben-free, and pH balanced
0: so that you can use it in some very sensitive areas. And let me just be clear that She's not talking about your feet being rough feeling. It's rough smelling. Mm-hmm. And your balls. I'm talking about your balls. And your, <laughs> well, vulva. And it's clinically proven to control odor for up to 72 hours. So if you're having a weekend or a weekday where you're like, oh, I do
1: not feel like showering, but I got crap to do. Well, use your Lumi deodorant to hit the hot spots and get rolling. Lumi also has a starter pack that is perfect. For anyone new to Lumi, it comes with a solid stick deodorant, a cream tube deodorant, and two free products. So you could choose from things like the mini body wash, the deodorant wipes, which are perfect on the go. And all of that comes with free shipping.
0: Also, those wipes would be amazing to stay at work, like in your desk drawer, just so like if you're working extra or anything like that, you can freshen up. Or if you have a life outside of work, but you know, right before you leave, you want to freshen up and then go have happy hour and stuff, that'd be great too. As a special for listeners of this podcast, right now, new customers can get
1: $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code CREEP at LumiDeodorant.com.
0: So, again, that is new customers getting $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code CREEP at LumiDeodorant.com. That's 40%
1: off with a starter pack. So, I mean, you got to get in on this because you can use this as little gifts for people. Maybe you're doing a little dirty Santa and you don't want to smell dirty. Use this as a gift and head on over to Illumideodorant.com and use
0: promo code CREEP. That's L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. All All right, last one. My creepy reoccurring dream. Hey, ladies, it's been forever since I wrote in, and I don't want y'all to run out of stories. First off, just like everyone else, I want to tell y'all how much I absolutely love you both and how thankful I am I found the podcast. You all keep me laughing and keep me entertained while I do, well, literally everything. Please never stop doing this podcast. So I wanted to write in and tell you about a dream I've had since I was a kid. I've literally had this dream since I was maybe 10 or 11, and I'm 29 now, and I have to give a lot of details to help paint the picture. So in my hometown, there's this abandoned house that was like super creepy mannequins in the window. It's a wooden two-story house, and the upper stories, there's these mannequins in the window. This is important, I promise. It's also important to note that I grew up Catholic. Okay. So now you have a little bit more background. Let's get into the actual dream. My dream always starts out with me at this abandoned house. And I'm always with somebody. Sometimes I know the person in real life. Sometimes I don't know them yet. And we're just kind of exploring. All of a sudden, the guy from Scream, I don't know his name because I've honestly never seen those movies. I just know the mask and know he's the killer, jumps out and starts chasing us. We run, and the next thing I know, I'm in a Catholic mass, naked, hiding in the pews and trying to participate to blend in so he can't get me. And to answer the question, the person I was with is no longer with me. I have no idea what happens to them. And yes, there is a whole mass going on, and no one seems to notice this naked person crawling on the floor and sitting in the pews. Anyways, he eventually spots me, and I run for it. I'm running through the halls of the church, and next thing I know, I'm at my mom and dad's house, hiding in their pantry, looking out. They have a walk-in pantry. I see him through the slit in the pantry door, and he has his back toward the pantry. I jump out, and I stab him. And that's where the dream ends, because that's when I wake up. Now, I need you to know that I did not know about this abandoned house until I was 15. My high school boyfriend, who was a literal garbage human, and did a lot of garbage things to me that I won't speak of, he and I were riding around this town. It was like 2009, and that's just what you did. And we came up to that house. I freaked the absolute fuck out, because I've been having this dream at that point for a few years. I haven't told many people about this dream, but I don't know what to think. I haven't had it in a while, but it's always in my brain. I know this isn't necessarily a sinister sighting, but what do y'all think? Also, not sorry for the length. I know Donna likes them long. Love you, ladies. Much love, Emily. What's the song Donna likes them long, thick and juicy? Also, the
1: name is Ghostface, the scream killer. Oh, I was like, what? Aside from the house part of your dream, that dream could be an indicator about how you feel about religion and feeling like exposed and trapped and not being seen. Ooh, Look at Carrie getting all deep. I mean, then there was a the whole house bit, but
0: I'm just saying. <laughs> but why did that house have mannequins? What is this fucking Fox Hollow Farms? Or
1: they feel like the church is fake. Damn, okay. It could
0: be, you know, weird shit. I love weird dreams like that. Well, I mean, I don't love to have them, but I love to hear about them. So y'all just keep sending those in too. Mm-hmm. I like dreams like that, too. And we'll make Carrie interpret them all. <laughs> With, like
1: a, a completely non-educated psychology fake degree.
0: Yes. That should be a bit we do where y'all just send these in and we make Carrie <laughs> analyze, them. <laughs> analyze them. Well, it's always going to be something like that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: because you could analyze me based on how I analyze your dreams. Yep. Very meta of us. And <laughs> I don't mean like Zuckerberg. <laughs>
0: Also, this must have been the time that you put the fear of God into people to send <laughs> robberies, right. because every boy is said, I don't want y'all to run out. <laughs> but I mean, it, it could happen. It could, but this must have been the first time you talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, still keep them coming because we still could. Yes, please. We want to keep doing these because just like y'all talk about, like you love being able to share them. I love being able to get to know y'all more and everything. And again, I'm nosy as fuck. So I love all the details. Yeah, j-
1: just Donna. Just Donna likes to get to know y'all. And you know we'll what? Them. Have a best friend. <laughs> but for real, y'all keep sharing these stories. We really do love them. Send them into us at aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and don't get scared. scared.